Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome in to C8. Uh, wait, how do I do this? Ayo, welcome in to the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Coming to you live from Studio A of our CHG offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We got the full CHGO White Sox crew in studio. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. That's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Eckner Wall. Oh, very quiet. Yeah. A muted Herb Lawrence. <laughs> What's wrong? I mean, they could have did that quicker. Yeah, they, did they it pretty could've. quick. They, well, mm-hmm. I mean, two and a half hours. That yeah. pace in the first inning, brisk. Fourteen pitches. Wow, kept that going. Yeah, Aaron Bummer had nice. what a six pitch inning at one point. I think later in the game too. Aaron Bummer pitched. Oh man, well wow. too. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, only six mm-hmm. pitches. Yeah. Damn, it was, it was. I was probably. I took. I probably went to the bathroom. And Aaron Bummer was up and down. Um, welcome in. Uh, make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. Coming to you live. After a White Sox loss, 7-6 to six in Kansas City. And, oh, boy, it wasn't a normal loss. Um, the Sox actually looked pretty good. Uh, you know, after losing 12-1 to one on Monday, they went out there, put their head down, and went to work and got out to a 5 nothing lead. 6 nothing eventually. Yeah, yeah 6 nothing lead. Oh, was it 6 nothing? Yeah, oh, well. yeah. Uh, and, 7 unanswered. And then the sorrows happened. And Sean was, Sean was sitting over there being like, well, you know, there's nothing really to talk about in this game. What should we talk about? We need topics. We need to go, we need to go digging for stuff. And Gregory Santos was like, here you go, Sean. I'll help you out. <laughs> uh, so five straight losses. Um, I mean, it feels like they broke you, Herb. No, I mean, I've been broke. This team, okay. no, I, I tell people, the White Sox get a sizable lead, which they got six runs and the Royals had zero. Go ahead, lick at DraftKings and see what the uh, other team is at right there. At the time, it was at plus 450. I didn't hit it at the time, and I regret it. Then Gavin Cheats hit that ball like right in front of home plate. Home plate. I'm like, I better jump on it before it's too late, and then the White Sox start giving up the lead. Got it like 270, cashed in, because I knew the White Sox are not that good in Kansas City, and they're not good this year. So um, I'm glad the Royals won today, but I wish that would have happened a little earlier. So they got my hopes up that the White Sox are actually going to win in Kansas City and do well today. Congratulations uh, on your win. Um, there's a word being thrown out in the comments, um, and this wasn't a topic yet, but I mentioned fun bad, and I, I think that you know maybe this team is fun bad at this point. I mean, you're losing on a, a, a balk off. Yes, um, awesome. They, I, the I don't think you could actually write August if you were a TV writer. I know the TV uh, people are on strike right now. I don't think that you could have written the Chicago White Sox August. I mean, that was just I'm not uh, hilarious because apparently someone was shot. Um, but, I mean, it's just insane that you have the article up at All CHGO talking about, you know, what we can kind of take away from the Jerry Reinsdorf and Chris Getz thing. And it's just like. There was a Jerry Reinsdorf and Chris Getz thing. I still am that just, was on the last day of August. I, I'm still reeling. I, I still can't believe what happened. And they just they won't stop losing. They took all that bad mojo from August, and it's just plaguing the team. I mean, Pedro yesterday said that you know we're going to address the, uh, the 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 effort that we saw on Monday. Uh, in games like that, you're always going to get inconsistent effort. Am I okay with it? No, I am not. I'm. Am I going to address it? Yes, mm-hmm. I am. They lost again. I mean, what are they addressing? I mean, this is this team just sucks. I tweeted so bad. I tweeted after that Pedro Grafal thing. I was like, they're going to lose seven to five yesterday. Comes close. The White Sox oh. scored one more run, but I. It doesn't matter, Pedro. Who like? What are they going to start playing? Who cares? 
you know and they know they have no one else to go to. All those players that we saw today pretty much are all coming back, especially the position players. And so, who, what, are you going to threaten them not to play them next year? Good luck. So, yeah, good that you are trying to have some accountability. Bad that it's happening in September. And I'm sure you did it back in March and April, but they didn't listen. So something was wrong with the connection between you and them. We remember in, all, in April, the connection, the communication was all messed up because Luis Robert had more faith in going to Elvis Andres and other players than to go into his actual manager and say, hey, man, I'm a little down. I'm a little hurt, so maybe I can uh, go 75% down the line. Remember that whole communication snafu? And this dude is now trying to lay down the hammer? To who? <laughs> They're gonna just be like, man, get out of here. It's September. I'm looking at uh, vacation plans in October. I just go back to what was Pedro Grafal hired to do? He was hired to get rid of all the stuff that we saw that led to nights like this last year, right? <laughs> all all the problems in the field, all the base running mistakes, all all the mental mistakes that caused last year to be the most disappointing season in history for, for Rick Hahn and, and, and several other folks that worked in the White Sox front office. This obviously is much worse. They are 33 games below 500 as of this moment. Aaron Rowan. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Rowan, there you go. They're Aaron Rowan games below 500. Uh, that's obviously very bad, but it's absolute daily basis that these mental mistakes are showing up. Tonight, you just got to look at the one inning. Tim Anderson makes a bad throw that allows the leadoff man to get on in the bottom of the ninth inning. Bobby Witt Jr. hits a game-tying hit into right field, and Oscar Colas can't keep him from going to second base, even though he got to the ball. That, why is that a double? How is that a double, right? And then, obviously, Gregory Santos, whether that was him just screwing up a quick pitch, whether that was him screwing up not knowing what the pitch clock was at you know, and trying to get a pitch off, whatever it was, it was a screw-up. That's one inning. That that happened all that all happened within 8 minutes of each other. Three mental mistakes and physical mistakes that are n- not allowing this team to win a baseball game tonight. The things that Pedro and this coaching staff were brought in to completely eliminate are as prevalent as they've ever been. Yeah. And now Kansas City, the team that, you know, last year knew when the White Sox were going to be giving up or not giving their a, a uh, effort, they're 5 and 4 against the White Sox this year. And have a run differential of anyone? Bueller? Bueller? 33. No, not 33 <laughs> over the White Sox. That'd be real pathetic. It is a pathetic number. One. 17. Mm. They've outscored the White Sox. Ross Glode. By 17 yeah. Ross Glode uh, Chris runs. Getz. <laughs> Chris Getz. I believe. Wow, look at you guys. Uh, very nice. Um, so it, it really doesn't show uh, on the, the results here that the White Sox have been able to, you know, meet up to the metal of the AL Central, the elephant in the room. The elephant AL Central. in the room, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, we should print that on a shirt. <laughs> elephant in the room. Because why, why did he say that? Why is that the elephant in the room? That's not the elephant in the room. It's not the elephant in the room. No. The elephant in the room is that this team might set the, uh, the modern-day record for least amount of walks. Um, we, we talked about this, and we prepped this for the show, and I think now is a good time to, to you know, bring this up. There's 23 games left. They need to go 9-14. and 14. They go nine and fourteen. They'll have a hundred losses even, right? So they need to go ten and thirteen. If they go, well, yeah, I guess yeah. they don't want a hundred losses. Right. So ten and thirteen uh, would put them at uh, ninety-nine losses. Um, Beefloaf uh, at Mister Delicious put this out, and uh, now with twenty-three games left, the White Sox have drawn three hundred and twenty-nine walks this year. Um, if they draw fifteen walks in the next twenty-three games. It would tie them for the modern-day record of lowest walk total, uh, and this is from 1900 to 2023. The lowest amount of walks, the Detroit Tigers in 1904. Uh, go ask your grandparents about that. Uh, 344 walks. And they'll walks. say, I'm sorry, I don't know anyone who was alive in 1904. There's, there's some older folks in this in this chat. I mean, I mean, the, the White Sox are an old, proud franchise. Like, someone's got to be... That's Isn't 120 that, that's a, years ago. I'm about ago. to say, who the hell is the 100? <laughs> Methuselah? Hey, Methuselah. How are the White Sox in 04? Man, they were terrible. What's the oldest person alive right now? <laughs> Probably Buck 15. Buck 15. I don't think, I don't think anyone's ever lived to 120, have Eight they? Years. Oldest human ever. Uh, sorry, I, now I got distracted. Uh, Jean Louise Calment. Ooh, she did not. I remember her. Uh, 122. Wow. 122. But she's not alive now. 
So she would not, she's not, she can't tell us what the 1904 Tigers were like. She could have, though. 1875 to 1997. Well, right, but so, that was know. many years ago. Yeah, but you weren't alive. <laughs> so it'd be hard to talk to her. <laughs> Darn. Um, um, There's currently a lady named Maria Branyans, uh, 116 years old. Wow. That's so a, she just, even that's missed just a good job. It. She missed it, too. So here's the thing, though. You want to talk about old-timey baseball. Of course. We'll, we'll Brand veer, Tricky? We'll veer off. <laughs> no, before him. Oh, wow. Well before him. Old, uh, old friend Lucas Giolito last Ooh. night gave up eight runs uh, pitching for his new team, the Cleveland Guardians, and it's the first time since 1899 Oof. that a major league pitcher has given up eight runs for three different teams in the same season. Wow. That's not good company. 1899. Who, who's that player? I don't you know. know. Probably oh, don't someone know. with some ridiculous name. Old Hats McGee. Something like yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> Known for all the hats he used to wear. Right. Because, you know, he gave it up. It was 1899. Yeah. They didn't have any rules. He probably wore, like, 16 hats out to the mound. Eight yeah. earned runs for three different teams. You know, there he you go. wearing all those damn yeah. hats. Rusty yeah. Nails Johnson. Rusty Nails Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what do you think is going to happen here? The White Sox are not going to. They've just they walked once today. They didn't walk at all on Monday, and the, the most embarrassing loss ever, twelve to one. Mm-hmm. Um, will they walk? What is it again? Fifteen more times okay. in the next twenty three games, or will they get nine or more wins? Ooh, um, I think the more likely scenario is that they're going to win not more than nine games. So I think they will not hit the walk thing. They will lose a hundred. You think it's more likely that they lose a hundred games than them setting a new. Re- record for walk futility. I think that the record is too easy for the White Sox to lose that many games. So I think they're going to win more than than whatever is it nine more? Yeah, if they go ten and thirteen. Yeah, I think they're going to win ten games because they have another game with these some bitches. I know they have a, f- a weekend. Well, can't so beat. A weekend. Uh, who before this series? <laughs> tons of bitches that have outscored them by seventeen. Yeah, runs. before they're going to Detroit this weekend, they just got swept. They lost they, ten to nothing to Detroit on Saturday. They did, but. <laughs> This was the worst team in baseball before the White Sox showed up, and they're like, man, we can't stop losing. Fuck. It's, everything's great. And I think they play them next week, too. So, yeah, they can run into nine wins in 20-some games. But You think so? But <laughs> Yes. I, I think it's more likely than not walking, what, 23 games? You don't think you get a walk in each of those games? No. They're on that pace already, right? No, 139 games. Yeah, but they have 300 walks, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they've got a, they've got more than I walk guess. a game, so they're going to walk a lot more than that. I think they'll barely avoid setting the walk record. Yeah. 15 walks in 23 games they should be able to do. Easily. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, should the White Sox. But should yes. is, the, is the key word there. And we shouldn't be 33 games behind 500 in the worst division. Even if they were in the AO East, I would be like, this is piss poor. Like, they're in the worst division in baseball, and they're like, eh, we're just going to be the worst team Elephant in baseball, in too, losing to these worst teams in baseball. Elephant. Like, they're going to lose the series to literally the worst team in baseball, Oakland, they've already done. Yeah. And twice to the Kansas City Royals again. Mm-hmm. Again. It's – I don't know how you bring Pedro back after all of this. Well, they've like, already decided it, that he – I understand they're doing it, but – like, what do you see out of him that's getting the players motivated in September? That's half of his job, to find effort out of these guys. And you didn't see effort late in that game. That t- throw by Tim, absolute, you know, it was like, uh, I'm going to throw it over. He had plenty of time, and he throws it high to Andrew Vaughn. Three outs is easy in the ninth inning if Tim makes the play right there. To get these players motivated, that's part of Pedro's job. When this, these teams are out of contention, what can you do to motivate these guys? What can you do to get these guys playing on the next level? Like, Aloy Hunminis has 15 home runs, and today he hit, like, three or four balls straight to the ground. Mm-hmm. What is that? This is the time where, yeah, my numbers aren't great, but I'm going to start hitting the ball in the air. I'm going to start crushing the ball. So at the end of the year, they look a little bit better. He has 15 home runs and over 300 at-bats. That's garbage. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, I mean, we saw uh, Vaughn hit one. This game. Vaughn homered to dead yeah. center in the uh, – so, that was the only the only run that didn't come in that second inning. Came so that, in the third. That's his career high at 18. So, hey, congratulations. But as Fred says, Frank apparently just said that Vaughn's a 30-100 guy. Maybe the RBIs. I mean, he was on a pretty decent pace to Early. start this year. But, I mean, really the only guy that, you know, is for sure a 30-home run guy is 
Luis Robert, who who hey, already has thirty, yeah, and runs. dusted yeah. off the bat, and you know apparently is injured, but is fresh enough to hit a deep fly out to the warning track. I mean, he almost you know saved the White Sox from losing this game with uh, with one pinch hit. Uh, <laughs> so I, I mean, it's it's just a sad state of affairs because then you know if you look at the uh, article that you wrote, uh, the team that is about to lose a hundred losses, or uh, you know is about to lose a hundred games, is possibly going to set the modern day record for least amount of walks. This is the core that Jerry, the $185 million core that Jerry Reinsdorf is propping up that, Hey, Chris gets knows so much about that is going to be the core for 2024 and is going to propel white Sox fans and the white Sox organization back to 2005 glory. It's going to be great. It, yeah. It doesn't instill any confidence that this is coming back and then they have to spend a bunch of money on other positions. I mean, pitching. We saw today. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was all in for Gregory Santos being the closer for next year, but we've seen a couple times where he just can't get the ball to play, and when he does, he gets hit. I mean, Tim pretty much started that inning off, so you have to learn to pitch over those type of things where you're the closer. So if they're going to be trying to compete in 2024, there's a lot of work to be done, and this core coming back doesn't have – Every White Sox fan just like, man, here we go. We're going to be in this AL Central next year. How are we going to be in the AL Central? We can't even beat the Royal, the worst team in the AL Central. Yeah, and pitching, as Vinny says, we're going to need, like, our starter today, which we'll get to a little later. He's had a pretty bad year. And the other guy, who's our number two, horrendous year. Who we bring him back? Jesse Schultons? Thank God. Does that, does that make you feel good, White Sox fans? Tukey Tuesday? Does that make you feel good? Is Mike Clevenger coming back after he got uh, uh, put on waivers, which everybody does? He, I hope he doesn't take it as an offense. Is he going back? I hope he doesn't. He got crushed the other day, too. So, yeah, this is just a very bleak future that White Sox fans are looking into. And there's really no hope on the horizon. There's no prospect that's coming next year. You're like, all right, just wait until this guy comes. We're good. That's... Colson Montgomery, and that's 2025. Well, and like you said, I mean, Pedro, as Chris Getz said, Pedro's back. I mean, you mentioned the the motivation factor in September, them having to address, uh, you know, the the effort and the 12-to-1 loss, and the effort wasn't a full nine innings because you lose again to the Royals. Um, I understand that, you know, hey, you're going to lose some to the, the Kansas City Royals, but I thought the whole point was to maybe give a little bit more effort and not lose again. I, I mean, it, it's – what has he done to earn this spot back? Is it just because – Again, they have the knowledge of being here. Well, like, I think, as, as Jerry I think, said, like kind of like you know they know they know the players. Well, I think what I think what what Chris said on Thursday was was sound logic, right? Was hey, we're going to bring the manager back because all those guys, Herb, that you talked about, going to be back next year, have had nothing but managerial change through their entire big league careers. Mm-hmm. If you're counting Miguel Cairo, it's four guys in four years. If you then throw Rick and Kenny getting fired on top of that? How many different voices have they heard? How many different perspectives have they heard? How many different philosophies have they heard on what these players should be doing on a daily basis? It's just constant change. And now Chris Getz is the latest to, to be the new voice uh, you know, that these guys have to deal with. Making another managerial change? Uh, does that... Does that give you confidence going into next year that these guys are constantly having to do a new thing, learn a new thing every single season? All that said, of course, to answer your question, Sean, it's a perfectly valid question, right? Because I I started at the top of the show saying Pedro and the coaching staff have dramatically failed to do the thing that they were brought in here to do, which was clean up the mistakes and get these guys to play at the levels that everybody expected them that they individually could play at. With the exception of Luis Robert Jr., these guys have not done that. And so that might have been a ridiculous ask of Pedro Grafol and this coaching staff, but it's what they were hired to do. So if that's the standard that, we're, that they're being judged by, right, because that's what Rick Hahn said yep. that they were being hired to do, then that's, the, that's, what we, that's how we have to judge them. And the judging is not going to go well for them uh, if that's the case. Um, I will say, you know, you, you can talk about the familiarity. So you would like to be- believe that Chris Getz – having been with Pedro in Kansas City and having now been with him here for this whole season, would have the amount of information that he would need to make that decision, right? Mm -hmm. It it shouldn't be 
you know, oh, well, we, we're going to have to – I'm going to sit down with him and see what happens. Like, he, he can answer that question confidently because he knows this guy and he knows what kind of manager he thinks he can be. Um, but to ask everybody to just trust him, you know, after the season that they've had uh, – I'll repeat the phrase, ridiculous ask kind of thing perhaps. And uh, certainly White Sox fans like yourselves and everybody watching shouldn't be – uh, you know, jumping for joy that Pedro and, and perhaps the bulk of this coaching staff will be back again because what have they done to give you any optimism this year it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. And it's it's, it's not his fault. I don't I don't I'm, well, I don't think it's fair to call say that it's all his fault. No. But no. the thing but the thing that he was hired to do, spectacularly they have not done that. Oh yeah. yeah. And and I would say like once you see that he can't do the job or he has failed at this job that he had this year it's been real. I, I, I get your point, too, and I guess Chris gets his point, continuity being more important than actually upgrading the position. I, these players, I would say to them, it's like, hey, you don't can't stand a fifth manager in five years? Then play fucking better. Stop being bad at baseball. Or we're going to keep on seeing new managers every single year. I mean, I, I've seen a decent amount of what I – scene of Pedro. I'm, I've been good. I'm good. And as a yeah. guy who doesn't say, who says managers don't matter that much in wins and losses, he, as Vinny said, I don't think he is the 33 games below 500 reason why the White Sox suck. He's part of it. So whatever he's not doing or whatever he's doing, it's not working. And if I was a new GM, I would want a clean slate. I would want a new guy in there because that's my hire. That guy's going to be, I'm going to be responsible for that guy. When things go wrong, Hey, that's hey. You kept Pedro, right? That's your man, and you're gonna be accountable for accountable for what Pedro does. Instead, I'll be like, hey man, Pedro, I liked you in Kansas City. You're all good, but you see the results this year, brother. We can't do this on a team that was purposely trying to win the division and were this bad. You're part of this, so you gotta go too. And I think the players, while pissed, be like, we lost our GM, our executive VP of baseball operations, and our manager. Hey, we got to look some inward. We got to look at ourselves, what's going on with us that we're losing all these people, that they're losing their jobs and their livelihoods because of our bad play. And then send them on their way because this can't continue. And I don't think any White Sox fans going to be like, man, Pedro's coming back for that second year. Let's go. No, it yeah. doesn't instill anybody's confidence. No, and personally, and this is just my opinion, and I don't know how to be more eloquent about this, but like regarding Pedro. I don't like when he talks. <laughs> like, I don't like it. Like, every time he talks, I just don't like what he, it's the sound of his voice, the way he Is says it because things. because they're losing? Maybe. Okay. I mean, maybe it all sounds a lot different if this is an 86 and 53 team. Oh, but, like, I, personally, I just I don't like listening oh, to God. him talk. And, and maybe it's just overexposure. Hey, you know, maybe oh, it's God. like that song on the radio. They just can't hear, you know, stop hearing or, you know, can't keep avoiding. Um, and that's Pedro Gafal's voice and just kind of cadence to me. Do you think the players feel that same way? I, I could see it. Plausible. I don't oh, know. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it seems like they're, <laughs> like I mean, at least Yohan seemed excited that Chris Getz was coming back. Oh, um, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we do want to let you know, or ask you, to hit the thumbs up button. We appreciate everyone hanging out with us. Uh, we got 99 people watching some stars in here. We got Jackie. We got Nine. Beef Loaf in here. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, appreciate everyone hanging uh, out with regulars us. Regulars, too. Matthew Lucas. Hit that thumbs up button. Um, that very red Vinnie Duper. Alec. Uh, who was interviewing, I think that was Jake Berger. That was Lucas Giolito I was oh. interviewing that okay. day. The, but neither of them are on the team anymore, so yeah. yeah. Uh, many hats McGee. Is that a, so the guys that have sat with you in that uh, dugout, Yeah, are they all off the team? Well, it's been those two, so yes. Okay, all yeah. right. So the curse of the Vinnie Duver clubhouse interview, or dugout interview. Dug, dugout they interview. also were picked for their inter, for interviews because they were playing well. And, right, yeah. No, you know, yeah. The, they had trade value. Sean asked <laughs> they'd speak to Pedro next week. <laughs> in the dugout. Sean asked that you speak to Pedro. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Put a microphone in front of his face. <laughs> little sit-down chat, Pedro. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and uh, I want to let you know about our friends over at Ray Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Get your ducks in a row because it's the grand reopening of Ray CDJR in Fox Lake. 
Flock in September 9th and celebrate our Get Ducked event with free prizes and your chance to win $1,000. Plus, during Jeep Adventure Days, get employee pricing on all new 2023 Jeep Gladiator models. The grand reopening of Ray CDJR in Fox Lake is the is only on September 9th, uh, but our savings are all month long. So, uh Again, make sure that you are checking out uh, Ray CDGR, uh, Find New Roads, and uh, September 9th is the grand reopening of Ray CDJR in Fox Lake. Uh, So go check out our friends uh, over at Ray. Uh, I like the duck theming. I do, too. That's fun. Yeah, and I like the the duck event Chicago does where they put all the the ducks. Yeah, that was a few weeks ago. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. It was fairly recently. And so always a a fun picture where you see all those rubber duckies Mm -hmm. in the Chicago River. There's no way they get them all out, right? I don't know. That there has seems to like be a lot some, of waste. Some litter occurring yeah. with the duck. So, and that goes because the because they reversed it. They did. So it goes away from the lake. Correct. It goes into so the that, south or north. So branch. that just a ton of rubber duckies are like hitting the Mississippi River. Eventually, yeah. maybe yeah, they should put some trackers on them and see where they can get them to no, go. No, the Asian carp can before like, that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, we also want to let you know about our friends over at Game Time. Uh, if you are looking to buy tickets to your favorite events, um, obviously it shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Maybe you're looking to go to the Bears game uh, this Sunday. Maybe you're looking to go to one of the last remaining White Sox games. Maybe you're looking to go to a concert. Hey, Maybe per- you're looking to go see Cake next week and you're waiting for those tickets to go down, Ooh, those ticket prices to go down. What are they down. playing? Salt Shed. Oh, I've never seen Cake. They are going down. All right. Mm. Keep, your eye, keep your eyes peeled. Are you going the distance? They're not going I'm, down I might go like the, by a lot, but they're going down. I might go the distance. Mm. Yeah. That's the only song I'm I know by cake. Speed. You know, uh, you know short, uh, short skirt, skirt long, long jacket. jacket. Okay. Yeah. Um, they also have a Jolene. It's not that Jolene, but it's a Jolene. Um, I like other, cake a lot. Yeah, cake's pretty yeah. good. I like cake. Um, I'm a fan of cake also. <laughs> like a cake cake? I'm cake. not a fan of, like, Cake. I mean, pie is better than cake, but yes, yes cake is delicious. Pie's I'm, better than I'm cake. cake over pie. Ooh, yeah, it's a tough go. Yeah, do you unpopular opinion? I say pie <laughs> because then you can put pizza and all that stuff in there. Well, no, no pizza can't. is not it's pie. Pizza, pizza no, pie. I'm talking about sweet <laughs> sweet pie versus sweet cake. Hmm. Sweet pie, sweet pie. <laughs> Peach the cobbler is part of pie, pie. Huh? right? Peach cobbler is part of the pie group. Yeah, yeah. Game over. Right. French silk. Game over. I agree. I agree with you. I mean, hell, give me just like a. A basic ass Oreo uh, pie. I'll take that over a cake. I'm not a cake guy. So we only we don't do meat pies then. No, no that's okay. a separate genre uh, of food. Weird. Right. <laughs> Freak. Um, with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee, you can stop <laughs> stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. So make sure to download Game Time. Uh, use our friends. They will keep all that stress away from you. So you're just going to cake and enjoying your sweet time. Um, Forget planning months nice. in advance. Uh, game time has the tickets right uh, up to the uh, day of the event, uh, and you can get image before your seats, uh, before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Maybe you're going to the friendly confines and you don't want to sit behind a pole. Uh, very important to uh, check that out. And with the game time guarantee, it means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem codes. CHGO for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I think we got a we got some team cake in the chat. Um, Ernesto actually makes a good point. Tres yeah, leches cake is. I mean, it's the best dessert out there. If you haven't had a good tres leches cake, Ernesto. oh man. Man, we got some real people in the chat. Yeah, a shout out Missy Carroll um, in the house. Beef, of course. We got the super chat here. Yeah, from Maddie Maddie Rice. Matty Rice, ten dollars super chat. Uh, make sure you hit the uh, the the DraftKings and the uh, the Goose Honk, please, uh, uh, Sir Goosington. Um, I vote Vinny shows Jerry how to play bridge. That's pretty good. Do you know how to play bridge? No, mm. no idea. Do you know how to play bridge? You're the old guy. No, okay. I know how to play spades though. What's that? Come on now, it's a great game. Have you ever played Hearts? No. Okay. Spades. I did propose that we play cards today. Yeah. It's true. You so, didn't specify a game, though. Just to be fair, you could teach yeah. me spades. It's, it's hard I know war. I can play war. I can play war. Uh, yeah. yeah. War's fun. What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't hear Vinny do this or Goosington's thing. That's my oh, thing I live for. I was being, I had a comment being directed at me okay. in mid, mid. I'll set you up again. Here you go. Thank you. Now presenting. <laughs> Sir Goosington, 
It's a good bit. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, they're playing the Royals. That, that, that would be the kind true. of scene that a Sir Goosington would be uh, involved with. And, real, uh, and let's, uh, we can go to the Dylan Cease stuff. Uh, you can get sh- show your little graphic here, Stephen. Um, Dylan Cease was the uh, pitcher for the White Sox today. Five and a third. Five runs allowed. Eight hits uh, surrendered. Uh, seven struck out and two walks allowed. That's good. What's that? At least that's good. Seven Ks to two walks? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the highlight of Dylan Cease's start was... Mike Massey hitting one into the drink. I mean, he gave Mercy. up three. He gave three homers. Yeah, it's not, not very good. good. And he was rocketed all day long. Like he was like the ones that didn't go out were killed. And that's I don't know if he's just like playing out the string, getting his thirty-two starts in, and doesn't care what the numbers are at the end of the year because really he can't fix the numbers that they are right now with only a month to go. But it doesn't feel good that Dylan Cease has been good this year. Like he's been probably mid to lower Mm -hmm. part of the league in pitching, and we're going to throw that back as our guy who's going to be leading the White Sox in 2024. I know he's much better than this, so I'm going to lean on that this is the anomaly and not 2022, but golly, the Royals just crushing you. The A's crushing you. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, it's... I keep pointing to the pitching staff next year because it's you know, yeah. galling that they don't have any pitchers to put in there. The guys that they do have in there are two big question marks. I mean, Dylan Cease not nearly as much as Michael Kopech because he has a little bit of a track record that you can point to, and certainly last year, you know, where he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. But you have no certainty with anybody. You have no certainty with any of the five spots in that rotation right now. I mean, three of them are just literally blanks. <laughs> and then Kopech, you have no certainty. And Cease, I don't think you can have any certainty. I don't think anybody can sit here and tell me what, what he's going to do next year. Do, can you? He'll pitch for the White Sox. Well, that's true. I, mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, I would I, say I, that's probably true. I'm yeah. pretty there's sure one guy that's for sure pitching for the White Sox. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, they will they they will find. I mean, they'll probably look to find a partner. That's no one still, is untouchable, that's, as Chris Getz said. Yeah, that still thinks these Dylan Cease of 2022 and gives you something that you might like. And hey, I know he hasn't been good, but their plan is to in the, the elephant in the room, the <laughs> AL Central, trade away their best pitcher. I don't. I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening because the owner of the team sat down for twenty five minutes and told us that the reason he hired the new GM was so they could compete as quickly, quickly. as possible. Right. Yeah. I mean, seriously, that yeah. that 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 to me tells me so much about what they're going to do next year. I didn't hear Chris Getz stand up and say uh, in his press conference, "We intend to compete next season." You know what I mean? It, if it's very possible that he thinks that they need to do a little bit more of a dramatic remaking that trading Cease or someone like him might be a good idea because, hey, it really sets you up really good for 2025. But the guy said the reason he has the job is to win as quickly as possible. Do you think removing the only pitcher who is somewhat, you know, has a leg to stand on in terms of being good and being decent, you think the only guy that's – taking up a spot in that rotation where you're not like, ooh, I don't know, is going to be gotten rid of? No. It wouldn't seem that way to me. I would think that if Chris Getz at the end of this month or or whether it's at the GM meetings in November, start talks about the offseason as if they're going to not compete next year, I would be surprised. Yeah, and I just want uh, Chris Getz to go into this GM and winter meetings with an open mind. I, I don't want to trade – Dylan Cease, as you said, if you trade Dylan Cease, this is a long protracted rebuild that Jerry doesn't want. And so then that means that Chris Getz has to ask Jerry for a bunch of money because we don't have enough people to trade off of this team or on the minors to get a quality starter next year. And then the only other option is to sign three free agent starting pitchers. They're expensive. And Jerry doesn't like to do that too tough. And some of those pitchers, they won't be looking for 10-year deals, but they're looking for five-year deals. And I don't think if you're going in next year with Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech as your one-two, you got to get a better pitcher than Dylan Cease. you got to get a number one. you got to get an ace. So that's going to cost you extra. And I don't think Jerry's too much a fan of that. So that's the only reason why I would say, like, maybe Dylan's gone because you can 
turn that into somebody. Maybe you could turn that into a major league ready pitcher that is already on a staff, and then that other team just throws you, like kind of like Lance Lynn for Dane Dunning. You get a Dane Dunning back here of the White Sox. They get the Lance Lynn over there with that team, and you can have more starting pitchers that way. But otherwise, whew, I don't see Jerry signing three starters and then a right fielder. I mean, then a second baseman, then maybe a designated hitter. I mean, when he was asked about if they were going to, like what the budget was going to be like, we spent a lot of money this year. No, I didn't. People talk about why won't the White Sox spend? I think we had a payroll of 180 million this year. We'll do what Chris thinks we ought to do to make us better. I again. And I then he just, said he won't sign Otani. Yeah, right. I'm look. We're not going to be in the Otani race. I'll tell you that right now. Thank you. Um, we're not going to sign pitchers to 10-year deals. One pitcher has ever been signed to a 10-year deal, and it was in 1980 when free agency was invented, and Cleveland was like, oh. We'll sign you forever. Who was it? I don't know. Like Old Hats McGee. Uh, old, hats, <laughs> old Hats McGee got a 10-year deal? Ten wow. Pitching like for the 1899 uh, Spiders? <laughs> All right. Can, can, uh, the dude has a killer mustache. Oh, my God. I mean, he looks like he could be uh, a Wayne Garland. That's his name, Wayne Garland? Wayne Garland. That's doesn't a 1980 look, like, look. That's for sure. Yeah, doesn't he look like a Wayne Garland? Um, <laughs> yeah, he got a 10-year deal. Ten-year deal worth two point three million dollars. Hey, good um, for Wayne. Yeah, and I, I <laughs> living mean, it up somewhere. You, you know, I mean, Baltimore. It looked like <laughs> yeah. uh, Baltimore and uh, Cleveland with the uh, Larry Sheets. Uh, probably knew Steve Stone. Um, but the only guy that's going to be probably a over a hundred million dollar pitcher, I mean, maybe Geo, but it's Aaron Nola, Ooh. and we saw. You think Lucas Giolito is going to maybe hundred million dollars mm, after no. this? No, I don't think done. so. Geo's com- like, coming back here for cheap. I'm just trying to like say like I mean who there isn't an ace out there. Like the there was one guy that like, there's two people out now. Shohei's not gonna pitch and Julio Urias right. is never gonna pitch is never gonna pitch or play baseball again if Major League Baseball was smart. Because it's second domestic violence um allegation against him. But yeah, like you said, Nola might he's gonna break the bank. Strowman's used to be there, but now he's kinda hurt. It's back problems. Yeah, maybe the White Sox luck out and probably get a guy like Martin Perez. Hanjuru. Does that instill any confidence in you, Sean? I mean, it should instill way more confidence than, than what Tukey they currently Dissant? have. Yes. Yeah. But then I mean, it's going to cost some money. Seriously, you just said those two names. If they got those if they got those two guys, their pitching step their starting rotation compared to what it is now without those two guys, Ryu's hurt. Ryu's like 36. I don't care if they sign Ryu. How about it's Michael like Lorenzo? Pollock for the right you'd rotation. Rather have, you'd rather have Jesse Schultons? Yeah. Oh, my God. Stop, Sean. Then Stop Ryu? It. Yeah. Stop it. I'd Stop rather it. have Schultons Stop than Ryu. It. Stop it. Schultons ain't that bad. Not that good either. Or Ryu ain't that good. How about Michael Lorenzen? I'd take Lorenzen over Schultons. He can stop, yeah, pitching. He can stop hitting, uh, pitching versus us and give us a quality at bat every yeah. once in a while, too. Right. <laughs> Pinch hitters. Yeah. He could probably walk. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, let's look at the C stuff from today because – Again, the slider's still all right. He gave up a homer off of it to uh, Melendez, but outside of that, um, the slider was pretty decent. Uh, he threw 46 of them today out of 96. Um, it was up a tick velocity-wise. Four-seam fastball was up about a mile and a half as well. Knuckle curve also up two and a half miles, uh, so or two and a half miles per hour. So uh, good for Dylan there. Um, just wasn't a good night, though. Uh, he did get 12 whiffs on 23 swings of his slider, uh, four called strikes uh, as well. So 16 called strikes plus whiffs on a pitch you use 45 times. Um, that's good. You only give up one homer. So 36% uh, called strike whiff percentage on the slider overall, 30%. Um, but, I mean, you throw 35 fastballs, you only get six called strikes. That's not great. Um, he only had two walks, but, again, it's because they were also hitting him hard. Um, so just not a great night for everything besides Dylan's slider. Um, but you look, again look at him versus Michael Kopech. He still has that pitch. That pitch. I know it's not you know as dominant as, as it was in 2022. But if again Ethan Katz is able to work with Dylan Cease and hone in fastball control, dude's probably going to be fine. Like it doesn't seem like he's dealing with as much confidence issues as Kopech is. No, I just I don't think he's that kind of guy. You know what I mean? And and that speaks to those two guys' personalities. Like, and again, which is part of coaching baseball or, or you know, is that you're going to have different players who act different ways. Cease has always really struck as a fairly, you know, 
I don't want to use the word emotionless, but he's so focused on getting the mechanics right and doing everything every single time that he's not necessarily bothered by that other half of it. Whereas Michael Kopech... Oh, yeah. Is is a guy who has listen has talked about over and over again his his his, his mental health and and the stuff that's going on in his life, and then when you talk about what's going on on the field, he's a guy who's just his personality. He's uh, affected by the emotional and the mental side of the game far in a far different way and a far greater way it would seem than what Dylan Cease is like. So that's where that coaching comes in here. But again, I think Herb, the point that you made earlier was spot on, which is. The White Sox have these holes to fill this offseason in the starting rotation. You wouldn't have thought, even if I told you that they're going to get rid of Gilito, they're going to get rid of Lynn, the only two guys that they're going to go into uh, 24 with are Cease and Kopech. If I would have told you that at the beginning of the season, you would have said, well, at least they got an ace. At least they got a number one yep. starter. Is Dylan Cease that right now? Ooh. Is Do they have a hole at the very tippy top of their rotation right now? Certainly the way that he has pitched this year independent of, of everything else would indicate absolutely they do. Mm-hmm. And if they intend to compete next year, they better go out and get a number one starting pitcher. Now, he has been a number one starting pitcher as recently as last year. So, Sean, when you say, yeah, the, you can have a glass-half-full approach and say, yeah, it's not crazy to think that he could get back to being that type of guy. But from what we've seen this year – that's not number one starter stuff. And if he is, if if the White Sox are going to compete, they're going to not just need to go out and get pitching in general. They're going to need to go out and get some specific kind of pitching that can pitch at the top of a starting rotation. And Herb, like you said, that brings with it its own challenges and question marks, and it's a whole new can of worms. I mean, right now, their best options are probably going to be bringing Lucas Giolito back because he is priced himself out of being a Big time prize free agent, and you know his 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 binky is here. I mean, Ethan Katz got him right this year, and then when he left Ethan Katz, he doesn't know how to pitch baseball anymore. So getting him, maybe Jerry, uh, Flaherty back, those would not instill confidence in me. But at least I'm like, all right, at least they got their high school coach that can pitch a little bit better than they did uh, with the other teams. It's gonna be a bleak thing because he's barely a four starter right now. Dylan Cease like he's got a five ERA on the year almost like you're gonna go into the next year with him being at the top of your rotation good luck good good luck for the White Sox and Chris Getz when when he finds it he is a literal Cy Young candidate I understand the shrug but also like Dylan Cease hasn't had too many injury concerns. No. I mean, that's, that's a guy that that's goes out positive. there and, Absolutely. you know, yeah. throws 32 games each and every year. I'm good for that. I, I'm fine with him. I mean, hey, he's the second best player on a horrible team. I mean, sure, it's, but like, they, I, but I, here's the thing: they're going to know, try to not be a horrible team next year. They right, might not succeed. I know, but he's like, they might not succeed, but they're going to try to be. He's probably the guy I have the second least like worries about. Like, obviously, I don't have any worry about Robert. but Sure, but you have worries about the other 24 four guys on yeah. the roster, don't you? Yeah, and the, what? Currently, other, it's their expanded to two, 30, so another other 26. Th- and the yeah. 38 uh, men on the 40 right, roster. Right, I'm just saying, yeah. like, when you say that, it's like, that's not a, that's not a high bar to clear. No, no, no that's, right. I, that was the point. It was <laughs> they suck. Terrible. Um, yeah, it, they're not fun to watch. They're really, uh, they are bad. I tried to again, find you, another play, player, Sean. I like he's like you're the he's the number two guy on the White Sox. I'm like, golly, that's Corey sad. Lee. That's really sad. Maybe Corey Lee, no. Luis Robert, Corey Lee, Dylan. Corey C's. Lee's still hitting under 200. I think. Good. But just got his got, first homer. It was first Gregory. It was Gregory Santos uh, uh, until about three weeks ago. Until, yeah. Right. Chris Morrell <laughs> ruined him. <laughs> uh, do you want any any love for Corey Lee? I mean, just hit his first home run. Hey man, that was a good good pitch to hit. He hit a slider deep uh, off a guy that we usually don't get. A lot of home runs against um, Brady Singer. Congratulations, kid. I don't know if he's going to be the number one guy next year. I hope he's not the number one catcher next year. That's going to be really tough for the White Sox to say that, hey, this is our catcher who's hitting under 100. Wasn't the other our, guy? I mean, isn't, wasn't Grandolf hitting under 100? His, or yeah, but no. he 200. Sebi was. Whenever, yeah. whenever Grandal wasn't hitting well and he was – he was still getting on base, like in 2022 yeah. and 2021. 226 average with the White Sox. 
I'm fine with that. If you if if Corey Lee can hit 226, because his defense and his leadership look solid, but I don't know if he can actually hit in I'll the say, major leagues. I'll I'll, I'll say this. Uh, you know, Pedro Grifol, uh obviously taking plenty of heat as we talked about earlier as the manager. One thing that he does have a history of doing is coaching up catchers, and you're going to shake your head because, oh, the results, there's only one guy. My point being, he's a former catcher. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to catching. He has been very complimentary of what Corey Lee has done, and it seems like he is taking a um, far more involved uh, approach to the development and the coaching of Corey Lee versus the your general player A because of his history at that position. Um, I think Corey Lee is going to get quite the education here over the last month but I think he's also starting at a good spot. I mean, we saw him having conversations with the pitchers just in tonight's game that you can point to. Um, you know, the defensive play that he made, backing up Tim Anderson's bad throw in the in the bottom of the ninth inning, saved that run from scoring sooner, right? And yeah. and so um, he, he who knows he's not he he's not the um, highly he was a very highly rated prospect for the Astros organization. Comes over to the White Sox. I think he was thirteen number 13 prospect in the organization when he was called up. Um, so he's not the can't-miss guy that an Edgar Caro might be, yeah. who's currently ranked uh, right near the top. But he seems to have the skill set when it comes to catching. And for the last couple of years, White Sox fans have watched Yasmani Grandal not necessarily have the skill set that he used to have when it came to catching. Corey Lee is showing that skill set, and I think that's a, a positive in, in, his, in his column. But, I mean, he's got a hit, too. I mean, that's part of the job. you got a hit. And so uh, that has not come yet. But home run tonight, that's, that's a good step in that direction, right? I mainly roll my eyes just because the guy that he had so much success with was on the defensive side, and the whole great thing about Salvi was he was hitting 40 home runs. You well, know, I'm not just saying – what I, w- I was not trying <laughs> to can. I was not trying to say I was not trying to say he is such a great catching coach because Salvi Perez. I was just trying to say here is your manager who has a history – at that position very specifically. Absolutely. And Salvi himself tells you that he helped him a ton. Yeah. Well, and when he's on the White Sox next year, you guys don't believe this. I know he makes a lot of money. He's going to be a White Sox. He's White Sox property. No. Next year. I don't see it happening. Ooh, what? I feel like they'd have to balance the money. There's no way the White Sox are taking on $20 million. Then they have to give them players. Right. No, that's why they're taking the, they're, they're taking the, the salary of $20 million for the next two years. 40 total, and you just get him like some single-A guy who's milling around. I bet you that Royals gonna, guy turns into his champion. You're going to pay Salvi Perez I'm not, $40 million. I'm not. The White Sox are because no. they love Royals people, and they love Salvador Perez for a damn reason. I mean, they should love Salvador Perez. He's, he's not good anymore. Well, no, I don't mean now. I'm just saying they have reason to love oh, yeah. Salvador Perez. But, no, that doesn't make any sense that you are you don't have a lot of money being freed up to begin with. You know, you have a lot of money. There are only 120 million on the books, and then before the, all the raises happened, so they can get up to the 180 that they're spending this year by just making some shrewd moves. Well, apparently uh, they're going to use it all to get Salvador Perez, according to you. <laughs> I, it wouldn't be my first thing, but you know, you look at you the free agent. Do you look at the free agent list for catchers? It's terrible. As I said before, with the pitchers, they don't have enough to trade away to get these good players. Well. And so it's going to be Corey Lee and maybe Salvador Perez. Or bring bring my man Sevy back. Corey Lee. Justin for Sevy. They're going to bring the other mans back. Two mans. uh, uh, Carlos Perez? No, Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez and Blake Snell. There you go. Hey, man. If we get Gary Sanchez, I'm in. What if we just get Gary Sanchez and not Blake Snell? I'll be We just get the the guy's personal catcher. No, that's $100 million. Blake Snell's a $100 million guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another one. It's not going to happen. You might win the Cy Young. He probably should win the Cy Young. I don't know. He's better than Steele. Minus 200 for him to win the Cy Young right now. Yeah. Spencer Strider at plus 450? I mean, the value's better there, but I'm saying he's the favorite. Snow is doing things on a bad San Diego team. I don't know. But they're 14 and 4 when he pitches. The the Braves are 22 and 5 when Spencer Strider pitches. He can't help his bad teammates. The only thing that's bad against Snell is. He walks the yard, but he strikes out a bunch of people. I think he's had 150 innings pitched this year. He struck out over 200 people. Strider leads the league in strikeouts. Yeah. 
But he has more innings, I believe that is. I think he has like 173. He's got like 13.5 K per nine. He's and, also leading the league in K per nine. And Snell has really the lowest ERA in the game. Yeah. I'm, I, 250. I put money on Spencer Strider to win the side. I mean, yeah, that's a more that's better value. You're just losing money if you do it for Snell right now. Yeah. I mean, well, and remember, Snell, that last weekend, gets to face the Sox. Oh, hey, they'll eat there. Yeah. Um, Let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll wrap this thing up. I want to let you know about our friends over at Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Again, go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO to get 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Uh, Thank you to our friends over at Shady Rays. also want to let you know about our new friends over at Splash Sports. CHGO has weekly pick X and NFL Survivor contests for every contest for everyone to participate in for real money. With the NFL season starting, head to splashsports.com CHGO or the link in, this, in the description and sign up. You can deposit cash to get started and it's just $10 to enter either contest chgo's weekly nfl pick x contest and chgo survivor contest the more enter the larger the prize and we'll be running weekly contests all year long so make sure you keep that link handy and if you want to run your own contest if you're tired of being the commission on leagues chasing people down with none of the reward you could sign up to be a commissioner right through our link and earn money for the contest you're already running with friends and family so head to splashsports.com chgo to join in we'll have different contests coming out and we're so stoked to compete with and against you so be sure to click our link in the description again splashsports.com chgo also, finally, want to let you know about our friends over at FOCO. Um, that TA bobblehead was a donation from our friends over at FOCO. Go show them some love at FOCO, F-O-C-O dot com, or click the link in the description below. For all that pre-sale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Get fitted in the best sports gear around with our friends over at FOCO. They have hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. And since it's baseball season, they also have Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. So check out FOCO.com, that's F-O-C-O, or click the link in the description below for all all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Okay. Um, So the White Sox are 10 and a half games back of Oakland for worst record. Uh, 10 and a half games ahead. 10 and a half games ahead, I guess. (laughs) Um, They are nine and a half games ahead of the Kansas City Royals, and they are two games ahead of the Colorado Rockies. What the hell's up with the Rockies? What the hell? What? They keep on losing games, too? What yeah. jerks? They've lost two in a row. Okay. Um, Kansas City is the only one on a losing st- or winning streak, and that's because... They're playing the White Sox. They're playing the White Sox. Um, so if you do want to hit the thumbs up button, we currently have five spins for you on the uh, the Tankathon uh, lottery. Uh, so if, well, if we get up to 50 likes. So uh, keep hitting that thumbs up button, uh, and we'll get to Tankathon uh, later on in the show. Um, We've been doing the top 25 for CHGO uh, recently, and we did release the top five, um, and I want to discuss it a little bit because now we kind of have the the final settlings, one through 25. I got a little bone to pick because this is the White Sox show. Yep. We didn't talk about it because the whole Chris Getz thing. Because some important stuff happened. Yeah, Yeah. pretty important. And... What was revealed is that two spots of the top 25 were taken up by Chicago White Sox. Number 20, Minnie Mignoso, and number three, Frank Thomas. I feel like that wasn't representative of a very big franchise here in Chicago and that maybe Herb Lawrence should have spoke up a little bit more on <laughs> wow. the podcast. Wow. That Herb, he was on getting, as community leader. For this. There was two 
White Sox fans on the hurt. on the list. Me and Kevin Kadick. Other people were Mark Carmen and Jay Zawaski, who used to be a White Sox fan. Changed at 2004. I don't know if you knew that. He went to okay. be a Cub fan after that. What a jerk. Um, me. I tried to get Mark Burley on this list because they were talking about, is Greg Maddox going to be on this? Like, Greg Maddox was above average as a Cub pitcher, but his stuff was done as a Brave. He was good, not great as a Cub. I was like, Mark Burley was great. And I know Vinny, uh, well, Kevin Kata tried to get on uh, Luke Appling as, as one of the best uh, White Sox players in the history. As you see the list, you can't go past like 60s with us because that's we pulled our people who work here and it's tough to get people who are played before the 60s here on this list. So that might be a flaw on our part. But technically, there's three. I mean, Ron Sando did play one year. Oh, Sosa. Sammy oh, Sosa. Four. So we got four. Yeah, what are we talking about, man? We got four. Okay. I'll call Sosa, Sammy. Sosa's part of that, too. They, but, they won't claim him. I'll claim him. But yeah. I'll claim Sammy. There is a, yeah, there was a, push on that show that we did to get more White Sox on the list, but it just didn't work out. I would have a White Sox over Candace Parker, who I don't think belongs on this list at all. Her teammate belongs on this list in uh, uh, Corey Van, uh, Courtney Vandersloot more than she does because uh, Candace Parker only played here two years. Yes, they won a championship, but Courtney was on that same team and is one of the best assist persons of all time. But, yeah, we should have had more White Sox on that list. But also it speaks to – the 120-plus years of futility the White Sox have had, where we say 11 times they've been to the playoffs. There's a big gap between 1919 and 1959, their playoff drought right there, and then 1959 until 1983. There's been a, a bad team on the south side for a majority of the time than not. Well, that didn't stop, didn't the, that Cubs didn't stop the Cubs. Aren't the Cubs yeah. lovable yeah, losers? Right. Yeah, but they had Hall of Famers during those times. The White Sox did, too. Luke Appling's a Hall of Famer. I mean, back in, yeah. They're back just the really day. old Hall of Famers. Yes. Yeah. Like, lovable losers, Ron Sano, Billy Williams, Ernie Banks, those teams were good, and those guys are memorable. Do people know old aches? I didn't even know the old aches and pains thing until you brought it up. Old aches and pains. Until you brought it up, Vinny. That's your man's. Like I don't. It's a great nickname. Billy Pierce is good. You know all the rest of the pitchers. I I think I think the guys that are the guys that are maybe missing from this from the White Sox standpoint would be uh, Louis Aparicio and and Nellie Fox perhaps from those uh, from that they were both on that fifty nine team I believe. But yeah, Chico Carrasquillo. Okay, so the only reason why Luke Appling didn't hit 80 war in his career with the Chicago White Sox is because he had to fight in a war, had to fight in a war. Okay. <laughs> okay. This man in 1943 played 155 games, had 7.4 war finished second in AL MVP voting, and then went and fought in a war. And Sean, guess what? I will guarantee you that all 90 ish percent of the people who voted in this poll have no I have never heard that person's name before. I'm, I'm really sorry. <laughs> if you work at a Chicago sports media. Uh, you should know who Luke Appling is. You should know who Luke Appling is. I think that's because, a high standard and an no, impossible one to meet. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it it's is. It's not. It's America's pastime and mm, Chicago, in Chicago <laughs> modern baseball history, who has the most war of all time? In Chicago baseball history. You use the word modern there, which uh, might so, be a little ironic. Since but 1900. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about modern day baseball since 1920? Yes, he's that guy. He's that guy. He's that dude. Number one in war. What is it good for? Um, <laughs> Absolutely nothing. He would have been in the war, and the fact I that know. Ron Santo is above him is just because Ron Santo was a broadcaster, okay? Ron Santo is not better than Luke Appling. Shut up. Ron wow. Santos is probably not the guy you should be pick, uh, picking fights with here, uh, Why? Th- though. Because he's a Hall of Fame player. Yes. Why is Devin Hester on here? Why is Derek That's Rose true. on here? Why, you know? Luke Appley. You said it, not me. Yeah, I did. Technically, when our ballots were <laughs> tabulated, I think it was 20 people from CHGO who voted on this list. 20. Yes, 20 yeah. total people. He was 29th on the list. That's still that's shockingly high. Yeah, I, I would say. Right before that was Mark Burley. So need an he got the twenty most votes on this list. Yeah. Well, it, apparently did. Jerry Reinsdorf was voting. Uh, Mark Burley was uh, twenty what eighth. Chris Getz was twenty seventh. Greg Walker was twenty sixth. Minnie Mignoso got fewer votes than Luke Appling. If that makes you feel better, I he put doesn't. me I put Mick, Minnie Mignoso on the list and Kevin too because his uh his legacy. He, his legacy, he's a Hall of Fame player, but the Cuban first Afro-Latino player in Major League Baseball, first 
black player in the White Sox history, and you see the the results of Luis Robert, Yoan Moncada, Jose Abreu, et cetera, et cetera. That's why I put him on the list. Yeah, I put him on the list overhead of Luke Applin because his effect is still felt right now to this day. And Luke Applin, I don't think his effect is felt I think you. I think what, what I think it is very uh, – I won't say odd. I just, it's not – I don't think it's just that there are only two White Sox players on this top 25 list. Um, I think there's probably far too much uh, Black leaning, on, leaning on the Bears <laughs> – Probably I would yes. I, I put a when I did my poll or when I did my ballot, mm-hmm. I had about the same amount of Bears, Cubs, Sox and Hawks. I think that the Bulls have two two players that belong in that discussion. And that's about it. Yeah, it's yeah. Pippen and Jordan. I right. think it's about it. I think yeah. that's all we put on there. Yeah. Uh, Rose made it. Yeah, Rose. Oh, D, D- Rose. Yeah. Who's the MVP? Every every MVP in the and MLB or NBA history has been a Hall of Famer. And he might be the one guy who's not. He might be the exception, but he was the youngest. I don't know. I feel like also, too, Richard Denton, maybe Dan Hampton should have separated each other. They're on the same team. I mean, it's a good they team. They were great. Really <laughs> they were great. <laughs> that's, why, that's why one of the reasons why we left Mike Singletary off the list. Because we're like, he's a product of the people in front of him. I and Wilbur Marshall mind. was a better linebacker. You had who on yours? I had Singletary on mine. I had Singletary yeah. on mine. I had Luke Appling on mine, too. I did, too. Yeah. Old aches Cap- and paints. Did you have Cap Anson? No. Oh, yeah. no, no one should have that son of a bitch. <laughs> I hope he rots in hell. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Read up about Cap Anson, then you'll, you'll join me with it. Really? Yes. Oh. Oh. His grave's in Absolutely. Oak Woods. I want to go and urinate on right now. <laughs> what the hell did Cap Anson Oh, my do? God. Ugh. He, he's what Ty Cobb, that people think Ty Cobb is. What? Yes. Oh, Jesus. Get out of here. All right. Never mind. Get out of here, Cap Anson. (laughs) Ha! Ha! Go away! Ha! (laughs) Shoot! You could show him a flashlight and he'll probably get scared. Um, All right. Uh, They didn't have those back then, right? Flashlights? Not battery-powered ones. (laughs) They had lights. They had electric lights, I think. 1876. Could he have been Not at Wrigley they didn't, though. Could he have been a Civil War uh, veteran? 1876? No. He was a kid. (laughs) Jesus, he that old? All right. Um... Any final thoughts? That's, do we have anything else planned? Thanks for hanging out with us. Oh, the Tankathon. Yeah, there we go. All right, uh, we got the Tankathon. Uh, I don't think Bob Love was a slight. We talked about that with the Bulls. Bob Love. The Bulls were horrible before Jordan came. The Bulls did nothing. I mean, they had good players for the Bulls, but I don't know if they stacked I mean, up to the greats of other franchises. I mean, the Bulls yeah. didn't re- recognize Bob Love until his career was way over and retired the 10, and I think with... Ooh, somebody else had the 10. So BJ Armstrong. BJ Armstrong. So yeah, they retired his number when BJ was playing, I believe, or just after it. it so they didn't even recognize that. And White Sox Tom said nobody voted for Shoeless Joe. That's not true. Herb, Herb Lawrence. Yeah, Herb did. Herb Lawrence voted for Shoeless Joe Jackson. You know why? Because he's great. <laughs> In Chicago for like five and, years. And Ray Liotta. What? Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta is the reason why <laughs> he played Shoeless Joe terribly, but he played Shoeless Joe. He's the reason why and he's a top 25 Chicago athlete? Yep. This is why our list They made movies jump. about the man. Yep. Two movies about that man at least. Which one was better? Oh, of course. It's uh, Eight Men Out. Because Ray Liotta's uh, portrayal of him was totally wrong. He's a right-handed hitter that sounded like he's from fucking New York. He was a, Really, he was a hillbilly from South Carolina who batted left-handed, which D.B. Sweeney did perfectly in Eight Men Out. D.B. So, Sweeney, by the way, lives in the area. But you just, said, you just said that one of the reasons that Sudeless Joe made your ballot was because of Ray Liotta. Yes. And then you are trashing, trashing. Ray Liotta. Oh, his, his performance it. was shit. Because he didn't do – he's like, I'm just going to make him right-handed. <laughs> Fuck! You don't have a an encyclopedia. <laughs> Can't just look up that he batted. They wanted to do, do you like. Think a, that's in an encyclopedia? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shoeless Joe Jackson batted left through right for the White Sox. Cheated. There's not enough room. In those, there's not enough room in those encyclopedias. I don't think they included Cheated all those details. And was banned for life, which now he should be in the Hall of Fame because he's de- been dead for a long time. Put him in the Hall of Fame. He was yeah. banned for life, not forever. Not for death? Yes. <laughs> he has been dead for a long time. That's true. Uh, all right. I take a thon. Uh, we got up to 50 likes, so we appreciate that. Uh, thanks to everyone hanging out with us. Uh, again, the White Sox are in fourth place of take a thon. Uh, 
we're just going to spin it out, see if the White Sox get the number one overall pick. Uh, this is Vinny's favorite segment. Let's go. <laughs> First spin of five. Um, and, hey, if we get a There we go. Likes, it's over. It's over? One and it's done. Over. One and done. Do we not try to do no, best out of five, or is it just over? Steve? Yeah, we got it's the over. best. We, so why, why I, I ask for all those we likes. We stop on a good note. So tell me, Herb, why you're happy that they won the little fake lottery. Because we get some player that's that you've never be heard of before, ever. <laughs> yes, but they get the best of that player, the best, the best choice of all the players available, and we got to wait five years for that person to come up or not come up and be sucky or good. Can't Baseball wait. draft, great times. There we go. And there's no like, what a thrill. Hit or miss. We get Connor Bedard. <laughs> what a thrill. Yeah, where's our yeah. Connor Bedard? He can't. No, you just get him. He can't play baseball, but you get him. I mean, he, sh- he swings the <laughs> stick pretty well. He gets <laughs> senior vice president. Just tell him to lift it up a little bit and make it level. All right. Well, hey, uh, appreciate everyone hanging out with us. We, we won, uh, and uh, we did all of that. That was all because of us, and uh, the White Sox are going to get the first overall pick in June. When is this, when is this lottery? I think it's oh, – When is the lottery? The lottery, I think, happens got a in the offseason. That's got a winner meetings vibe yeah, to it. Hats in the offseason. I think the draft happens like the day or the day Ooh. after of the, the uh, All-Star game. December 7th. That, that would be during meeting. the winter meetings. Oh, yes. Where are they at this year? Uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, not too bad. A straight drive downstairs. Uh-huh. Future home of the Chicago White Sox. All right, uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's their CHGO White Sox beat writer. He's got a brand new piece up at allchgo.com. Go read it. That's uh, Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at ActorWall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Steven Nicholas for producing the show. And, uh, again, White Sox lose on a balk off. It's pretty speechless. Uh, couldn't believe that happened. But, hey, we'll get them tomorrow. Maybe. Uh, talk to you then. Bye.